Hello. Um, just before I start this pod, I just thought we would announce that we're going back in time. And finally, after nine years, we've got an email account. So if you want to email us with any questions, any uh, ideas, if you want to be part of the show, uh, but you've got no other way of reaching me, um, then you can email us at chatteringpod at gmail.com. That's chatteringpod at gmail.com. Get on it. Now enjoy the show. And what are you eating there while we're recording professionally? Oh, this is, um, I'm so sick of fucking porridge. So I've taken a leap. <laughs> I've taken a leap and I'm eating hot wheat bigs. <laughs> like the old, you know, I like the old porridge that you'd make a massive pot with a pinch of salt and then you'd eat it with with much more brown sugar than porridge. Yes. That yes. I love, but I know I'm not allowed to eat that, so... The sachet porridge sucks. Yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, just get a whole lot of oats. You don't have horses anymore. There's got to be some oats lying around. <laughs> Who's got the time? You know, you've got to watch those big pots of porridge. They they stick to the bottom and it's a Who's... fuck of <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true if you get them too stuck. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I learned about having children is how hard cereal gets when it's left oh, yeah. in a bowl all day. Yep. And how wheat bix is just the worst. Not even on a bowl. No. On a face, yes. <laughs> yeah, it looks like skin, right? It's like yeah, yeah. and then they're crying when you're trying to get it off the blader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I just remember so many times going to school and someone saying, What's on your pants? And it was just <laughs> where two hands had grabbed my oh. jeans as I was walking out the door. Or a last minute cuddle. Yeah, yeah, with the sweet big. So I, I remember that was always I learned that trick was like putting my jeans on just before I stepped out because <laughs> it was just a mess when they were about three, right at that level. Yeah. 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 There's got to be a market for some kind of um, you know, wraparound velcro-y type skirt or quilt environment that you can Oh, it's like some culottes. Some yeah. some fr- yeah, no, that's an idea. Yeah. Like and Tear away? Do they tear away after you? You know they do. In, as in, you're leaving the house, yes. Tear them off and, and fling them in the door. <laughs> that's right. Fling them over your shoulder as you're walking out the door. That's right. Or if you're really organised, or not really organised, but if you don't mind so much, you could um, fling them in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can <laughs> just going. I've forgotten to do all of those things. <laughs> so you walk into school with your cool yeah. lots covered in wheat bicks. Correct. And you're like, oh yeah. I forgot all about it. Now, this is an audio podcast, obviously, with Alison Hill. Um, and, f- well, you know what? I'm going to be professional here to start off with, even really? though we've already started. Uh, and say, er- everyone listening, if you've got um, any questions or you want to be on the podcast, then you can email me now um, at chatteringpod at gmail.com. That's chatteringpod at, email- at gmail.com. I can't even say that. I can't even say it properly. It sounds too like this is what real people do. So 
that's not going to work. Anyway, email me if you've got any questions or you want to be on the pod and you have no other way of reaching me and back to the show. Um, it's an audio podcast here, but I'm looking at you and you've like centered yourself lovely, lovingly in the frame. Mm-hmm. You're wearing what can only be described as a Nancy Meyer style pullover turtleneck from like some... Yeah, Nancy Meyer film, maybe starring Diane Keaton. I can't quite remember oh, which one that is. It's it's turtleneck time though, right? <laughs> it's turtleneck I mean, time. Would I would if I could. I don't know. I've never been a fan of the. I don't like collars. I don't like. Yeah. I don't like that. I yeah. actually don't like things around my neck unless I do. So you know, it, like this has no labels on it. It's incredibly soft. The slight right. scratchy thing, and it's never going near me. But but this I love. And do you like to pull it up over your face and pretend you're robbing banks? Indeed. Now, also around you seems to be freshly painted walls. Yep. And minimal furniture. Like I said, it's a Nancy Meyer movie from 1998, <laughs> perhaps. Um, why is your house freshly painted, Alison? Well, this is this is the last uh, hurrah before we leave. So we had to, this was actually one of my son's rooms. Um, and the child who stayed with us in the house the longest. So it was absolutely trashed. That's his room? This was his room. I never saw it light. I know, with the sun coming in. Yeah, that's right. It was actually one of the best rooms in the house, but it, yeah. it was very much a boy cave. Yeah, blackout um, curtains and... Yeah. Yep. So cool lighting, we, though. All the, yes. Well, we had to rip up the flooring and put and repaint. Yeah. And get rid of the holes and various bits and pieces. And the lighting, right. it is, it's just gorgeous in here. So this is now my office. Oh, lovely. At the moment. But we keep talking about how, oh, you know, this is how we'll have set up the next house. We're going to set up the next house really minimal. And this is such bullshit. Like, that's not how I operate, really. So, no. You like your clutter. But, hey? You like clutter. I don't like clutter. I just, no. No. I just attract it. <laughs> you just find yourself surrounded by it. That's all. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's. I'm working. Yeah. On it. Hmm. Yeah. You don't need to though. You've you've got a new place to fill up. It's not a very big place to fill up, so that's problematic. <laughs> you end up sleeping on like a little army cot, which is accoutrement <laughs> all around you. Yeah. They are in the brown me. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And people I'm not trying to find your way out. just peering through the window to see if you're there so we were going to record in person after having a coffee which would have been pretty pretty much madness yeah but you you had a flat tire so you yes in your house that's sad so i wanted to ask i wanted to ask podcast related um previous episode was with your lovely daughter abby And I was wondering if you had any any right of re- I'll give you right of reply. Was there anything brought up in that conversation that uh, struck or struck you or caused you caused you pause, or that you need to <laughs> clarify? The short answer is no. She didn't say anything contentious. No. <laughs> but it's it's what I I was oh, look. I'm her mother, so it's always going to be a little bit you know. Uh, over the top, but I was struck by um, she has depths that I still surprise me. Right. 
you know, and I don't see them because she, when she's talking to me, she doesn't necessarily need to plumb those depths. But <laughs> yeah. with you, um, some of her insights, I went, oh, that's nice. And I, she did say a few things about um, about this place, leaving yeah. this place, which were really, actually really um, good for my soul. Yeah. It's a hard thing. You know, when you guys were talking, you were talking about how your parents are in the same place for 51 years and um, cutting the tree down was sad sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of feel I'm on the other side of that going, we're doing this thing not just to us, we're not just opting for a lifestyle change, but we're actually doing this thing to our, yeah. our offspring. Right. You know, we're taking away any opportunity for them to be here and be nostalgic and, you know, that's, or we're actually, we're not taking it away. What we're saying is <laughs> you've got two weeks. You've got two <laughs> weeks to come yeah. and be nostalgic and love on this place and then it's over. Yeah. So I kind of and are, they, are they going to take you up on that offer or? They, yeah, they all um, have been out here at various times. Abs is house-sitting for us actually this weekend, so... She gets to play house with her fella and her dog and enjoy it. That must be nice. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice for us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, are they nostalgic when they come in or do they just think, nah, not, I won't be nostalgic, but they'll be nostalgic like the day after? I suspect <laughs> they're nostalgic with each other. I don't think they are. Right. You know, not so much with me. So That's they might be fair. very sensitive about how I'm feeling about it and so they might be just keeping it close to their chests. What do you mean? Like what do you mean sensitive about how you're... How are you feeling about it? Oh, very conflicted. Yes. We've had a lot of time in the last month or so where the... the what's the term? Spontaneous. Crying, Alison. It's just. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so that's. I mean, that seems to have calmed down. But there was a point there where there, there was a lot of spontaneous. I know. I know. No, it's still there. It has not calmed down. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just. I'm trying to get a bit of grip. That's. I'm trying to trying to tote it out to people. You you probably had your allocation of spontaneous crying. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> So where does that where does that come from? Is it is that triggering by just the thought of not being there, or a new start, or different, um, just being in a different place? Or there, it, it's it's a lot of things. It's change. I mean, change is always hard, right? We know that. Yeah. Change is always hard, and I keep having to remember that actually, I've changed. I've moved to Alice, and I've moved back again, and moved out here. So I've done that a lot. You know, it's not new. Yeah. But this is a different change. So, you know, we are moving. It's like Simon and I moving out together for the first time. <laughs> right. So we have to really like each other, which we don't always do. No. No. <laughs> um, but we won't have the buffer down there, or not to start with anyway. We won't have that buffer. The, the buffer? Oh, you mean just in terms of space? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not just space, but people as well. Okay. You know, like if you know, he's driving me bonkers, I can go and spend time with somebody else for a while. And, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and they can tell me I'm being really mean and then I come back with a new appreciation. That is true. That's really valuable, isn't it, where you're like, 
where you've like got the shits with your partner and yeah. then you go and t- talk to your friend about how annoying they are. Yeah. And then they go, oh, sounds like they've had a hard day. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Haven't really thought about them. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, wasn't actually thinking about them at all. Like instantly you're like, oh, yeah, right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that's right. It was, it was I who was the monster all along. Oh, yes, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) we've got a really good community here um, and when moving to another regional community and I'm aware of, it can be a little hard to crack those. Yeah, um, because you've seen it where you are now, people trying to crack it when you're in it. Yes, yeah. But you're you're mindful of that because that's the the reason why they're hard to crack is because people aren't, well, are they mindful or are they just protective? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It used to be that real, you know, when we first moved here, it was still that thing that if you hadn't been born here, then you weren't you weren't a local. And that's yeah. changed because it's a really, really rapidly growing area. Yeah. And I, I'm always very, try to be really welcoming and um, make friends with people. So, but what does that mean, though? I guess I've just been travelling about the place like over 20 years, really. Like, I mean, I've been in Canberra a while, but we've had several houses. Yeah. I don't seem, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel in a community like like that. But what, what are they hanging on to? Like this idea that you have, like to be a local is important. I don't know. It's a real us and them thing, isn't it? It's a knowledge is power, you know? Yeah. I know all of these things, therefore I belong here. It's a belonging, maybe it's a belonging thing. I mean, the beauty of Canberra is it's such a transient city. Everybody's from somewhere else. Yeah. Mind you, I was born there, but um, (laughs) (laughs) that used to be a point of shame. I was actually born in Canberra. (laughs) Yeah, it is true. Most people will say, like, did you, that's one of the questions you get is like, did you go to school in Canberra? Because so few people do, it's, that's unusual. Nowhere else you go do people like, did you go to school around here? It's it's just, you know, where did what? Empire too in Canberra. So if you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I went to, you know, Belgium, blah, 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 school. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that puts you in an economic um, group and. Right. So you're. Just labels you immediately and. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. It's, it is a, an odd place for that. And. You're right, though, about like because it's transient. Moving here, especially my first year teaching, it's amazing how a lot of my friends today from Canberra are from that first year. Mm. It's like, and I hadn't I hadn't ever considered, it, but it's like when you when Jazz and I moved to Japan, and you just, all right, these people are, are my not just my friends; they're my best friends. I've met them two days ago, and they have to be my best friends <laughs> because I don't have any other best friends around. Yeah. Uh, while I'm here, it is, it is similar. Like you just, when you come in and you're like, all right, I think yeah. I have to. And because now, God, I'm complete opposite. I am terrible at making new friends. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's it. That's you've nailed it. Because I sort of, um, I used to not, that used to be a, an easy thing for me. And I was um, very happy to meet new people. Yeah. <laughs> through awkward measures or whatever. I, that's how I met you. <laughs> Right, yes, it's the awkward measures, right? It's the willing to, yeah. Yeah, and now I'm a little bit dustier. I'm kind of going, oh, you know, what? yeah, we'll see. I'm good, thanks. That's what it seems to come down to for me. It's like, I'm fine. I don't need to know any of your private life or any anything that goes on outside of these these rooms. 
<laughs> it's of no interest. Yep. Very happy to do that. So, uh, yeah. But uh, we'll see how. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm forever. One of my neighbours and I made a joke which went bad. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's that then. It's over. <laughs> so, what was the joke that went bad? Well, it wasn't a joke so much, but um, he was this big, gruff fella and um, he, oh, my name's Nick and he shook my hand over the fence and I went, oh, okay, I'm Alison, I live here. My husband Simon is, you know, um, still in at home at the moment. And he went, oh, uh, yep, um, my wife Lorraine's in the back of that shed over there. And I said, <laughs> you know, yep. keep her. <laughs> and that went down like a lead balloon. He just stared at me. Oh, that's just stared at me, dead-eyed, and I just thought, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're really a serial killer. Who knows? <laughs> that's <But> right. <laughs> we'll see. Did part of you go, I'm going to go and look in that. <laughs> I'm going to go look in that shed when he leaves. <laughs> Climb over the fence. Oh, dear. Yes, that joy of joys of saying something silly and getting yeah. absolutely no response. Yeah. Or worse, the... I don't understand. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, was, I was being, well, I was well, being stupid. Sorry. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm being stupid. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, no. It just gets, oh, goes around and around. Now, I wanted to also talk about your brain, if I can. <laughs> uh huh. Because as always, I keep little things on my phone and little notes. And one of my the messages you sent me quite recently, I'll read it verbatim because. It, it was okay when people say you could feel the mcg with people who blah 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 <laughs> are they sitting cool. in the seats yes <laughs> because in my head it was like sand in a bucket yes. and i just realized they just mean the amount of people who were sitting in the seats not feeling the mcg in volume <laughs> with bodies of people <laughs> correct ergo ergo a slightly less impressive statistic because <laughs> it's a hundred thousand people you could fit into it. But if you were pouring them from an enormous bucket, they're like they sardines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just all sort of fall down and <laughs> feel it. That'd be much more. Yeah. That'd be much more impressive. Filled all the way to the top. Would there? Would there be a human body meniscus at the top of the MCG? Oh, yes, yep. So just a just a little a little uh, shelf on the top, so it would be wouldn't be level. No, it would have a, a slight dome like this. Yep. Yeah, they'd oh, probably be the only people alive too, mind you. I mean, oh well, I'd say so. State of affairs. Would you would you tamp it down like a, like a coffee tamp? No, no, you won't go that far. No, no. First of all, that's a bit of a, um, it sort of plays with the statistic a little bit. So yeah. it's not accurate. It's no longer accurate. I would, However, I, I, would, I would put to you that, <laughs> that that volume of people would naturally, given time, smoosh down a bit. So. Yes, no, yeah, with the weight of it, absolutely. So you could do that and then come back like in a day or two, you top could. it up. You could. I like compost. I think it no. just needs to stop at the initial filling Okay, right. So in my in my head, or my question to you is, yeah, if someone ever said that to you, like you could feel the MCG, you never went. How do they know how many people it would take to fill up the MCG like it was a bucket 
with like <laughs> I guess yeah. I was going to say flaccid humans, but that's not the right term. What term mm. am I looking for here? Yeah. You know, like dolls. They're like you know yeah. crash test dummy style by that stage. Yeah, passive. But, passive. Well, they would be barely passive, especially the ones at the bottom. So yeah, but I, that's my question to you was like, you never considered like how do they know how many people would feel it's like a bucket. Do you know, I never did because, and two reasons. One reason yep. is um, I don't do the sports, really. So okay. in listening to something like I, you know, could fill the MCG three times, first of all, it would take me a few minutes to go, what are they talking about? Yeah. And make the correlation about what I know that MCG is a thing. What is it? It's a this. And then I just go, oh, this is just what it, I, I just would make that assumption actually. It, and it's more that it's a big number. So that's yeah. what you're saying. I'm, I, it, it would be nothing precise about my um, <laughs> my summation of what that was saying at all. Just like, oh, that means lots. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you think you value people who notice the fact that in your head you create these things? I mean, that's half of our conversations are one of us noticing the other person's brain just going off in a little wonder of what was just said i hugely value it but yeah. i never expect it no of course not no. no but if someone said you're thinking about what are you, what's going on in that head of yours because that's that's the best part right where you're like i'm sorry i know you've kept talking but in my mind i have <laughs> seen right where we have that's where our brains are probably the most similar is that mm. we get a, a little catch someone says something as part of a story, and then that's it. Our brains are like, it's cartoon brain, right? Like forty percent of our thinking is brain. is Warner Brothers cartoon. Yep. Of like, oh, that's a good image. It's a hundred percent cartoon brain. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Yes, because I like to be able to say. I mean, I like being able to say to people, "Oh, what is that?" So, what does that look like in your head when you say that? Oh, that's and a good so when question. When they do it back to me, I'm delighted. If, yeah. there, if there's someone I already, like someone like you, who already, I already know they're going to be interested in it. Yeah. That's an excellent question. What, what does it look like in your brain? Yeah. And because, and, and I'm aware that um, some people are very visual people. Obviously, I am. That's, um, yeah. It's all, most of my, the things going on in my brain are linked to Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Particularly Warner Brothers, actually. It up. is, isn't it? It's the yeah. music. It's the it's oh, the pacing. Conveyor music that we discussed <laughs> before. Still, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we love the yeah the conveyor belt music, which I'll just put in here. is yeah that's that's what we love we love just oh 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 i've got an idea yeah. <laughs> is it on a conveyor belt and here comes the music that <laughs> accompanies it i don't yeah i i don't know why um well i do know why but it's it's something that i where where do children find that well sorry no you're right um where I, do children I, find that now yeah, that, that's a really good question. Where do they find it now? What are they? Because they're not on. They're, a lot of them aren't on YouTube. No, no. 
Do I remember that um, my children got to see them simply because back in the day, one of the um, like KFC or McDonald's was having a, a deal where if you got um, a Happy Meal, you got a free uh, CD ROM. Fuck. Uh, no. Of um, <laughs> cartoons. And it was either Daffy Duck or Tweety or whatever. And right. we were going on a holiday and then got to the place and it rained the entire holiday. And the only source of um, entertainment was yeah. being able to pop these things in, which they loved. But nowadays, I've got no idea. No. No, I and remember when, still, when the kids were... You know, you go. go. <laughs> I was going to say when when the kids were, <laughs> when the kids were younger, I used to like dig around and find them in obscure places on the internet to to show yeah. them like the the Rabbit of Seville or What's Opera Doc or <gasps> all those ones. And I think there was like a, a you could you could find a Bugs Bunny Road Runner movie at, at some point that was streaming that yeah. they watched a lot of. But apart from that, you just like, oh. you know. And- how about that? Roadrunner was, there's no chalking in Roadrunner. But no. there were signs. I mean, that's all pre-reading stuff. I remember looking at the signs and, you know, somebody saying the signs are either making the sound of the thing or the, right. you know, the help sign. That was yeah. all. Um, thinking about kids watching a cartoon that has no talking now yeah. seems weird. Yeah, exactly. Without any kind of direction, just yeah. letting it, letting it speak for itself. It's, it's, yeah. The, the the cartoon brain is just the more you can encourage it. I think in yeah. your children. I I used to even teaching it this year was a lot of comedy was showing them, especially like the Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, like the Rabbit Season, Duck Season stuff. Yeah. It's just like this is. I have to talk to you about comedy. This is it in seven minutes. Yeah. Overstatement, understatement. He gets his beak shot. He gets his beak yeah. shot off. Yeah. It spins around his head. Nothing really bad actually happens to him. I always got around. such a out of the slapstick of cartoons that I yeah. never got in, and I still don't get in um, film. Right, so you're never a Three Stooges not really. or anything like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, no, not really. No. And even, you know, the um, Leslie Nielsen type right. slapstick. My Simon really loves that, and uh, and uh, it just yeah, I don't really doesn't really do it for me. I wonder why. I wonder why the that's in, I've never thought about that, but why the cartoon? I mean, why that works? Because cartoon elements in film just don't work as well. Yeah, no. Right. This is the lack of realism, I suppose, that nobody's really getting hurt. That you know, the improbability. Yeah, but that's cartoons. Talking yeah. rabbit, Alison. Correct. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was talking to Noel the other day about like talking like fly, you. like flying or something like that. It'd be good if you could fly or something. And I go, well, it's like um, I mean, it's two things. It's the uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the the idea is to fall and miss the ground. Like if you can yeah. fall and miss, then you're flying. But we talked about like the the joy of cartoons is they they don't actually fall until they notice. The plane is not around them anymore. That's right. Or that they've stepped in out through a door that's there's nothing beneath them. Yeah. You can just stay there for ages. You can just <laughs> putter along and until the moment of realization. Yeah, realization is the is gravity in, yeah. in cartoon land. There's a real metaphor there though, right? No, please go on. 
Well, you know, when uh, when something happens in in real life, yeah. you don't realize you're in a crisis until you you realize that that you've you've walked off the last step or yeah yeah you've yeah. run out of but options. And I, then, my mind went my mind went political, just like. Oh politicians just puttering along in a plane that's no longer around them, but they think they're going well. <laughs> Do you think yeah, everything's fine? Yeah, that works too. Yeah, this is going well. So what are, what are you going to do, Alison, when you when you move away and you, head, you live down on the coast and you live this pastoral existence, that's how I imagine it, yeah. where, you know, you've got a chambermaid and... and uh, <laughs> A servant bringing you a, a lime ricky at uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. How does And your, your husband's in a white linen suit. <laughs> I wouldn't put him in white linen. Oh, my God. <laughs> With a big hat. Be ruined in minutes. Um, Aspiring and complaining about the heat. <laughs> oh, look, that sounds idyllic, but that's not... Yeah, a lot of people are going, oh, are you retiring? Well, yeah, because you're not retiring, are you? I'm I'm 52. It's we're not there yet, um, yeah. but it's definitely a lifestyle change. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a smaller. It's a much smaller. Obviously, we're on five acres now, and this is not. This is going to be like a suburban backyard. So, the question is like, why? Why? Why did you need the change? I've always I've always been driven to get to the coast. Yeah. Always, um, and in fact. Living here, if this if this was by the coast, this would be actually the most perfect place in the world. Right. I actually really love Yass and um, the Murray Bateman area. And if we were by the sea, it would be this would be amazing. You'd never leave. No, but, I, I've said the same thing about Canberra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, doesn't make any sense, but it's true. Like it'd be a nice place to live if I could go to the ride to the beach. That'd yes. be pretty nice. Yes. I don't think you'd ever leave that, would you? No um, so that's what I'm doing. I, I have my well-being is much more. I feel much better when I'm at the coast, and I kind of want to prioritise that. Right, um, the well-being side of it. Yep, definitely. And has that always been the case? Do you think you think you've always your well-being's yeah. always been better? Yep. It just right. It, you know, it, um, I loved living in Alice Springs, but mm. if you can get away to see the edge of the, the country every yeah. a couple of times a year, you would actually go insane. Right. It's just being landlocked. I really struggle with that. It's like the, the space is claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's I, I, the same. Like I, I, I grew up near the beach and I didn't go much yeah. when I was growing up. We went as a family, but I was fucking ear, ear infections all the time. I had terrible ears. So, and it was, I think it was a bit of pain in the ass to just go. And the water was pretty horrible yeah. back then and, until they fixed yeah. up the, uh, I guess they pumped all the poop the way out to sea <laughs> rather than just leave it on the coastline. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's inter interesting going back now. Like that's one of the things I don't really understand is why I didn't go to the beach more, especially as a teenager. Well, you're yeah, a young person. I, I get that. I don't. What do you mean? Young people don't. Young people like the beach. Oh, I think they like the beach, but they're busy. Young people yeah, are busy. Right. They're busy with whatever their their young people are about. So, you know. Yeah, and it's also the fact yeah. that it was always it was always there. So yes. It, yes. it was a classic 
like it was a classic like take it for granted the fact that i would we would walk down my brother and i to the beach uh, not to the beach but just to local shops yep. and you know get go to the video shop and get our seven movies for ten dollars or whatever it was for the week yeah. And I think of that now and I'm thinking, well, I could have walked another 100, literal 150 metres yeah. and just even looked at the beach. But maybe that's an old person thing to do, you know, like, I'm going to go and just look at it. Because it's there, yeah. But, you know, the other part of that is that you did live by the coast. So you sort of yeah. that, like you you could sit down and you can have a think and you know what it feels like and um Whereas I've visited a lot, but I've never lived. Right. And I, that's a, so that's been a real goal to actually live. Right. Okay. Yeah. To live. Yeah. There. That be my my, you know, taking it for granted. Is what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. It yeah. would also be nice to live somewhere that's not so lip and cold. Yeah. In winter time. Yeah. But don't you get do you, you never got used to the cold in in Canberra? Um, or Bateman? Does anyone ever really get used to the cold in Canberra? Oh, no, I know I know people that love it. Yeah, that's I like the seasons. Yeah, but um, but I've had enough of this cold already. Yeah, I was saying that to Justine. Like yeah. bloody hell! Like, all right, and this is why August is it's not always August because by August I'm <laughs> over it. I'm over everything. And that's probably, the, it's probably winter in yeah. Canberra. It starts early, it finishes late. It's, it goes to your bones. Yeah. And then August yeah. is windy and windy. I hate the wind. Yeah. August yeah. is windy and you're just hanging on for September. Yeah. For the end of September, October in Canberra and be like, ah, oh, this is, this is quite nice. It'll never be hot again. Yes. <laughs> every winter, the children say, they can't believe it'll ever be hot. And every summer they're like, oh my God. Why can't we have a pool? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I miss winter. No, you don't. <laughs> but you do get good clothes. Like, that's one thing. Like, you have to buy better clothes. Yes, yeah, like this. Yeah, like your turtleneck. Won't, won't have much use for this down the coast. No, you will. You'll have, you know, lots of jackets that you'll. I'm yeah. going back to Canberra. I better put on my Canberra that's coat. Right. Yes, I have my Canberra box of clothes. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. And how, what, how does it feel? Um, I was going to say abandoning your children. I'll say that. How does it feel abandoning abandoning your children? Are you trying to make me spontaneously cry again? No, 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 no. I mean, like, what it what has it been like? The closer it gets to the the time, mm. is it? You talked about being in the community and and having a, a good set of friends. Is it hard? Oh, maybe not hard. Is it strange? I hadn't thought about this before. Mm. you're moving away yes. <laughs> usually it's the other way around right they move away and they go and start a different life somewhere else yeah you're doing it is that weird it um kind of it's very weird i feel a bit guilty about it but then i like to find things to feel guilty about apparently um oh uh, <laughs> i like to that sounds, that sounds like I, a quote like from someone else with the guilt as right as right right yeah, my DNA. Um, I feel really bad about it, but they've all, actually all reassured me that it's fine and that I am actually only going to be two and a half hours away. And all yeah. of that is true. And Simon keeps saying to me, when you were, you know, well, 21, Abby's youngest is 21. When you were 21, yeah. how badly did you need your parents to be available to you? Now, my growing up was a whole different kettle of fish. 
but yeah. I would say I needed them zero percent. So right. the, the main thing is I've checked in with the kids and they're all really happy. Kerry's thrilled because he's he loves the idea of having easy access to the coast. Yes. Um, and Abby and Liam will they'll they'll um they they've said that they're fine. So that's it's all good. But interestingly, when we first got married and when we actually decided that we might have children and, and we planned for that, we were sort of saying, well, why don't we have a couple of kids and we'll we'll raise them and then when they get to this age, we'll leave and we'll go no. and live in Spain. That is a that is a plan of young people. It is a plan of young people, isn't it? It's like, right, we'll have children and then we'll move to Spain. The middle, the rest of it will be fine. The, the what we're really focusing will on. Resolve itself. <laughs> That's right. The, then some things will happen and then it'll be really great. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's not Spain, but this is that compromise then is that actually somehow we've, we planted the seed early on and the, we're doing yeah. I just got a real, all of a sudden, and it was luckily before COVID, but all of a sudden I just had this, um, I, it, I actually felt compelled, this has to be the next step. Right. Yeah. And so I was sort of going, yeah, look, maybe in, you know, five or ten years, more like ten years. And I yeah. was going, no, I just feel it. It's got to, I've got to do it now. It's got to happen. It's so, I mean, I haven't had that feeling I, had, I really remember that feeling of leaving home, like yeah. the compulsion. I needed to get, I needed to do yes. it. And it, it wasn't like I hate everyone and I hate this and I hate, it was just, I've got to get out. Yeah. I just but need I, this different environment to happen. Yeah. And that was literally being at uni, sitting around at lunch with some people I went to school with who were like, we, we want to move up here. And, and I just said, I'll move out. I had no money. So. <laughs> no income and I was like I'll do that I yeah. want to do that and then I went home and I was like oh, I, friends are moving up and I, I want to join them and they were like oh okay um, but it's where you were saying before about like at 21 not needing your parents I, I was talking to an ex-student yesterday and she was saying she was going to New Zealand for a while and she was making choices and you know her parents are um, I think going overseas for work and she she decided she was going to join them, but then come back. They're they're posting for two years, and she's going to come back after a year, and all of this stuff. And I said, "Well, what do your parents think about it?" And she was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't really know." And I said, "That's I, like all the traveling I did when I was younger. Every thought I had, every choice I had, I had no consideration for how my parents felt. Like no. I, we were away for four years overseas, pretty much for four years." Yeah. I never once thought, I wonder how my parents are, you know how this makes my parents feel. You just go, yeah, nah, whatever. Yeah. That's their job to be your parent. They're just there when you need them. To subside. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> subside. <laughs> you are a subsiding parent. <laughs> Is, does that make me subsidiary? I don't know. Ugh. No, I no. Um, and well, and what what actually turned the key in the lock, if you like, was yeah. that. Um, Abs and her partner went to WA for a few days. Yeah. And it, I think that one of the reasons why they went was to explore the possibility of actually moving there. Moving there, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, 
I don't know if that's going to come to fruition or not, but um, it was just to see, you know, see the environment, see if this is, and you know how you, you get a sense about a place and you go, yeah, I, yes, I want to do this or no, maybe no. Yeah. Um, but that realisation that, so as much as we're leaving the kids, but they could actually, if we didn't leave, if we stayed put, those kids could go as far afield as they want anytime they like. That's right. And I would yeah. never stop them. And we'd still be in the same boat, only I would have stayed put and they went. Yeah. That's what I mean. You're you're yeah. you're just preempting yeah. the move and the yeah. and the changes that they're gonna have. I I I I don't know. Do you want your children just to relive your life? Is is, is that what parents want? I mean, like the because I look at my kids and I just think, I hope you I hope you don't live in Canberra. Yeah. Like when you're adults. Like I just hope you go somewhere else and do all that but that's just because that's what i did you know like yeah. that's that's what i mean like do we do Isn't we just go, oh. because i know i've heard some people some adults say to their children well it was good enough for me so why isn't it good enough for you i've actually Ooh. got a parent who does that You're right <laughs> um, right right yeah. so maybe all of this talk of like leaving your children it's, it's still you leaving your parents <laughs> oh it's a hundred it's completely <laughs> totally I've oh, misread that completely. It's still the same. It's still the same story. It's always been. It's moving away from your parents. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, it's no. It's good enough for me. It's good enough for you. And I mean, I I guess I feel the same way, but mm. it's just the opposite end of the spectrum of like what was good enough for me was leaving and getting out as quickly yes. as possible and go and do stuff and have adventures and go overseas. That's what I want you to do. But they don't have to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if you, the people you, that you're talking about, if their children were wanting to travel and see all these things and that was making them feel like, well, no, you have to, it's good enough for me, will I be the same if my children are like, oh, I'm happy staying in Canberra? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Interesting. <laughs> you know? Like is it, is it the same, the exact same story but just from the different angle? That's right. It's still, you know, there's still a level of acceptance that you have to um, you have to get to, right? If your child yeah. decides they want to have a more parochial life, um, you need to go. Okay, that sounds good. You know. Yeah, you know what? I might move to the coast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's that's what will end up happening. I'm sure. Yeah, I wonder that. Yeah, I will force your borders to widen. <laughs> that's right. You'll have to come and visit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one with thinking about what what you want for your kids in their future. It's got nothing to do with me. That's right. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Yep. Ah, oh, that'd be a good thing to tell all parents. It'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's, um, there's a lot in that. I'll stop. I'll start dropping that into parent-teacher interviews. By the way, all of these things about their life, it's nothing to do with you. Yeah, it's actually so, none of your business. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How are they doing at school? You know what? It's none of your business. None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> I, know I know they're 12 years old, but it's none of your business. <laughs> no, yeah. I think it would work at the level that you're teaching. Yeah, no, it would. Wouldn't well, it make I'd want to be a fly in the wall. I think that would make for a very interesting parent-teacher. Well, I've had I've had conversations with parents where I've dropped things on them like that, where, yeah. you know, they're talking about their, their child's, they're in year 12, they're, you know, nearly yeah. finished school and they're eight, nearly 18 and they're, 
and the and the parents are like, oh, I'd like if you can send me all their scores and all this stuff, and you have to say, well, no, that's they, <laughs> your child will share that with you if they yeah. want to, yeah. um, and then you have to point out like at what point of their life are they going to stop telling you about their results? Yeah. If they go to uni, do do you expect they'll come home and tell you their results and and that was always like, oh, so what are they going to move out of home? Maybe live on campus? Are they going to, is that what's going to be? Can you show, are you going to ask them to see your, can I see your latest test results? Like I that? think I think taking that approach would split, you'd end up with two groups. You'd have the parents who'd be absolutely irate. How yes. dare you tell me this is my yeah. child? And the parents who'd just go, what? You've just yeah. given permission to step back and I feel free. You know, this is brilliant. yeah. Well, we, we, I mean, I really see it in, in the year 11 and 12 is like the maturity of all the students. It doesn't matter what level they're at. It really kicks into gear. I think in their minds, getting to year 11 means they're mature. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's not. But it, there's a lot that changes in the two years in terms of self-regulation and personal, pers- like um, taking responsibility. Like yeah. all students, not, not just the high flyers, um, every student that sort of I encounter, that's a real, seems to be a big change. And obviously not for all of them, but for most of them, yeah, by the time they hit year 12, there's a lot more of like, well, my life, you know, adulthood is here and mm. I, I can't keep saying it's someone else's fault and I can't keep saying I'll let m- mum and dad sort this out. And remind me. Yeah, I don't want, it's more like I don't want that, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's I want that, what I, yeah, what I want to do is is mine. That sort of kicks in in that, these two years, and that must be pretty hard. I'm sure when my children get to it, it'll be easy for me. <laughs> we'll see. I look forward yeah. to it. Hey, yeah. tell me though, do you think is that um, do you think that approach is um, very much because in Canberra you do um, seven to ten, mm. and then you do a year eleven and twelve, and it's in a different environment again, generally a different environment. Do you think it's the same in, um, like, in your when you've taught in New South Wales, where the, that senior school goes all the way through in the one mm. spot, that that change is as significant? It probably isn't. It probably isn't as significant um, yeah. because I think the if you're in the same school from seven to twelve, there's a lot more safety there. Yeah. You know, like you've seen it at high school. Like by the time the students are in year ten, yeah, all the stu- all the teachers know them and they know the teachers. All that sort of stress of Oh, does the teacher know who I am and yeah. and who is his teacher? All that stuff sort of goes away. They talk to you in the front office when you were there, like yeah. a human, you know, yeah, not true. their parent, but just you know, an actual person. Um, so that's a that's a difference, I think, that having the transition. But I think I don't know. I, I guess when you are, if you have that opportunity in year year eleven and twelve, I don't know the the vastness between imagine like that's. I've taught in Canberra 15 years in that system. But to me, imagine being in year 12 and having to be surrounded by year sevens must be fairly frustrating, I would would imagine. Very tedious. Yeah, so tedious because you've gone through so many years of dealing with year sevens. Um, So I think, yeah, just just because it's separate is, it's, it's, I think, has a bit more impact in like this is different and we are, you are being prepared for adulthood now. Yeah. So that kind of goes away. If you're in that complete school, year seven to year 12, at year mm-hmm. 11 and 12, you'd certainly get that enhanced sense of um, 
that you are at the grown-up end. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, and I think, I mean, I can't, I didn't teach long enough in New South Wales, but when I was a student, like, yeah, year 11 and 12, it could have, might as well have been a different school. Yeah. Like, the, the relationships with teachers is so different. Yeah. You have, you know, prefects and that kind of thing. You have a bit more ownership um, over the school. Like, that might all just be... Um, like not real ownership, but it's it, yeah. it might be all performative, but you have a bit more, um, I guess, input. I think you had a bit more freedom. You didn't have to be in every class. And right. there, like, I think the choices was that you could make it were more adult-like on a gradual scale. But here you're sort of just thrown in. So yeah. that's what we find. Like those year 11 students who come in and their maturity is not where it should be, yeah. they really struggle that first semester of year 11 because... You know, they're the kids, and I see it a lot, who are, like, still that doing that high school bullshit of, like, I need to go, my friend's having oh, a yeah. drama and they need to talk to me and yeah. my friend's just out there, I need to go and talk to them or that yeah. kind of thing or, or they just get, and then you're like, that's lame. Yeah. Um, and it just takes a little while for that to go away. We're like, no, you can't leave. Yeah. Or you can go, sure, and then they leave and then they fail and you're like, well, you just kept leaving. Oh, yeah. no, but... But my friend, it was really important. Okay. You've got to just choice. You've got to make the choice. Yeah. And there's very little pushback on your choices apart from, like, how you going with your work. So yeah. that's that's a big difference, I think. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling about school. Um, a little too much, but that's all right. Um, I just had a, one last question. and I have to go because the construction workers... I don't know if you can hear them in the distance, but they're getting closer. Like I can hear them working their way towards us. So I don't know if it's been in the Again, background. So. I have another cartoon picture of <laughs> drills and the conveyor belts music and buildings coming up. There's definitely a cement mixer teetering on some plyboard too <laughs> high up in the sky with someone standing under it with an umbrella. Coyote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a coyote. Of course there is. These buildings. There's a lot of Acme products happening around here. <laughs> yeah, Acme. Yeah. Uh, so what was your last question? I've forgotten it now. Let me just pause. <laughs> I have it on my phone. Oh, hello, Alison. <laughs> I got, you know what? I may have been distracted with trying to paint a cartoon picture. <laughs> okay, now one of the last times we had uh, a conversation. You talked about that being a parent is often impotent. Oh, yeah. And I thought that's such a good phrase. It's stuck in my head, um, yeah. even though I just forgot it. Um, <laughs> but can you go explain that a bit further? Because I, we were, I think we were just talking about how the the impact you want to have on your children and their decision making, eventually. Yeah. Is yeah. is. Yeah, it's all them, isn't it? So did you have a realisation about that or was there a, a, a... How early in a in parenting was that apparent? I learned that control is a myth very early. Right. Um, when I started having the, the sort of challenges that I had with um, one of my kids and people going, oh, just tell him this or yeah. just ground him. And I was going, that that's not how it works like you've still got to release your child every day to go out in the world mm. and you have have no control over what they're doing saying 
experiencing. You have no control about that once they leave your yeah. house, you know. So I was aware that control is a myth very early on. And I still come across people who challenge me on that and go, oh, you know, you just needed to do this and you just needed to do that. And I think you you clearly have not had that experience. Right, and you yeah. still think that you have eyes on them um, or will somehow find out. But once your kids realise that there are things that they can do that you're never going to find out about, um, then, then a whole world opens up for them, really, if yeah. they want to break it. So, uh, but as, a, as an adult with adult kids now, that feeling of impotence is that the kids, I mean, they're kids, they're grown-ups. One of them's nearly 30, for God's sake. Yeah. They're making decisions and they're doing things and they're feeling, you know, I, I am very fortunate, particularly my eldest will share with me his things that are going not so well as well as things that are going well. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. And it wouldn't be appropriate, you know, like he can tell me things are a bit hard or um, what's going on or his, um, how he's feeling about um, a person, another person or whatever. There's, I, it's, would be highly inappropriate for me to get in touch with his ex-girlfriend and say, hey, could you? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't want to, just to be clear, I wouldn't want to do it. But you just feel that sense of impotence that, um, at 52, I go, well, you know what, this, why don't you have a conversation about, actually, I've got to just shut up yeah, and let, just listen to what he's saying. But you do feel a sense of impotence that um, there's nothing, you know, I can't direct them and shouldn't be directing them. Yeah. Um, but there are little things that I think, oh, you know, if you did this or if you did that, I'm sure you would find things would be easier, but it's it's not, I can't do that. No. So I think, look, this might be just my version of what I meant at that time now, but it might be different to what we were talking about at the time. Um, you know me. That's right. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's very fluid. It's a very yes. fluid thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Exactly. It, that that lack of control. Yeah. Really, can be quite bracing, right? When you, when that first occurs to you of like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, it's not about me directing my. It's sort of here is a whole bunch of stuff. Now I'm going to get too visual and get distracted. <laughs> like it's a big bucket of toys, right? Yeah. And you have to. You can play with them however you want, and you can connect them however you want, and you can make your life from this bucket of toys. Yeah. But I can't say, no, 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 no. You're playing, you're using that wrong. You're doing yeah. that. No, no, don't, no. That's, he's not a doctor. <laughs> that toy's not a doctor. <laughs> he's the pilot. He's wearing a pilot's. No, okay. Um, and that's that's a, a big part, I think, of of parenting and the, the idea of control. I don't know, even in your years of parenting, does it seem, and this is just a gross generalisation, but does it seem that people are trying to control things a little more tightly than they used to? Oh, hugely, yeah. I mean, look, and, and generationally, I was brought up, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s where, you know, like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about benign neglect. <laughs> But I don't have a problem with benign neglect and I've been accused no. of, of um, 
sort of using that approach with our kids. Yeah. But um, but that time was a whole different time. It was, you know, bordering on unsafe practices, really. The time I grew up in, not the time I grew my children up in. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, I, I, and then, you know, we've gone through the whole thing about having helicopter parents and lawnmower parents. Um, I think with all the instability of the whole world, yeah. um, one of the big responses to instability is control, right? Yeah, right. To grip tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I imagine that that's the case. I'm certainly, you would, you'd be the best person to say I, over the years, this is what I'm seeing. Mm. I mean, I it, it still stuns me when you talk about parent-teacher in year 11 and 12. First of yeah. all, to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure I ever went to a parent-teacher session in year 11 and 12. But no. we're talking about them and about how um, a lot of the parents are responding very in a very similar way as you used to tell me about um, parents in high school at the parent-teacher. Well, that is really, it's a really, again, like separating year 11 and 12 is probably really more beneficial for the parents. Yes. Because we get parents to come in, especially like working in inclusion support, and they come in and they say, I want to have a meeting with every one of my child's teachers and talk to them about how they learn and all that stuff. <laughs> and we're able to say, no, nah, <laughs> no, we don't do that. You, you can talk to me and then I'll tell all the teachers. But no, and that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's obviously what they've been used to at high school is that yeah. they've been able to come in and talk to every, that's not appropriate. In what world do you think that's equitable that every parent can come in and talk to every one of their teachers about their child and how they learn? Yeah. And what, what that tends to, what that tends to be based around too is how that child learned in year seven. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, because they've got, this is how they learn. This is how they learn. I mean, I saw it, I found it worse at high school than in college. I think just having that separation means that you can say, no, not here. Yeah. Yeah. The kids who are like, oh, no, they, they, they need to be on their iPad, otherwise they get too anxious. And you're like, by the yeah. time they get to college, you're like, the teacher's are like, what? That's not cool. I'm yeah. just going to teach and they're not going to do the work and they're going to fail. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So there's, there's a bit of that. It's, but, yes, that controlling of if I can just have as little obstacles in their life, yes, then yep. the better it will be. But I don't know how i mean i do know how that enters into your brain because but i i've always seen that like socially you know you that's i always thought was the best indicator was you know socially i'd like my children never to have any issues with their friends ever mm. but how on earth do you do that you can't so why try and have the control of anything with that too tight a grip yeah is yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I get it, but I also think that must be a very stressed household. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, and we had a kid who wanted to leave in year 11. Yeah. And uh, we had people saying to him, to us, no, you just might tell him he's got to go. Like, he's legally required to go. Well, yeah. then what? So we drop him off. He wouldn't yeah. walk in the building or he would wait till we, you know, we can't follow yeah. him around. No. And at the end of the day, we had to say, this is what you want to do. So what's the plan then? Um, and he did that. And we did have a, a challenging few years. Having said that, um, that kid's never gone to an interview he didn't get the job for. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> right. Oh, life's easy. All this. Well, I mean, it wasn't easy. It has not. No, been, of course not. But somehow he's, um, it's turned out to be, you know, now he's 24 um, mm. and he's on a par with a lot of his, his peers. Yeah. Um, most of them haven't gone to uni or anything like that, but he's on a par with them. They're all moved out and living in share houses and working in jobs and he's doing the same thing as they are. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I can't remember who said it. Like it's an island, right? Everyone's, everyone's trying to get to the island. Yeah. Some people are on surfboards yeah. and some people are on jet skis and some people are on luxury yachts and some people are walking swimming. Some people walk your water. Some people are doing doggy paddle for years. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's, but it's hard. It must be hard as a parent to not fall into that trap of, you know, when they're when they're babies, and you're like, why, why, why is my child not walking? All of the other children oh, are walking, yeah. and then eventually, you're like, I don't know why I'm worried about that. And then, <laughs> <laughs> maybe who cares? When I've got friends with babies, and they're going, oh, but he's not doing this yet, and I think, nah, I must yeah, be the most uncaring person in the world. No one's ever going to leave their babies with me, and I'm not <laughs> because I just go, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was one of the best things I ever I heard. Uh, something, but yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, that's right. Can't lick that. Yeah. Um, the thing I, as a, when I was a new parent or something, or I guess when one of our children was toilet training, and I don't, I don't think, I don't even know if it was me, but I heard a parent say, like, do you know anyone who can't use a toilet? And like, well, well, no. And they're like, well, it's because everyone learns. So, yeah. Like, chill the fuck out about that because yeah. they'll get there and that's the same for so many things but then as a when they get into adulthood I'd imagine it's the same where you're like oh all the other friends or they're seeing it I guess it's even more additive is yeah. their friends are doing this and their friends are doing that well what are they doing and why aren't yeah. they at that level yeah. so it's it's ugh, it's always a remember and again it sounds to me talking to you in the past about your kids is sometimes you want to speed them up like come on yes, give them a kickstart yeah. and sometimes you want to hold them back no 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 yeah, don't yeah. have just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it no you that's that's very true yeah it's, it's weird anyway I, i've gone well over the time and the hello mr workers they're right <laughs> at the window they might be having their lunch break now anyway this thank you so much yeah <laughs> well, they're all been listening this whole time to a one-sided conversation yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'll let you go, Alison. Okay. And, um, thank you again. And no uh, thank you for, again, no spontaneous tears. Like you said, I've used up my quota. So that's good. No. Well, I'm not promising anything. You might get another quota soon. But, you know, the <laughs> next time we do this, I might be down the sea and you. Yeah, you that's right. We'll be able to see if there's any marked difference, how much spontaneous crying occurs. If you're down in the, the coast, I might have to come and do it live. I might have to just oh. drive down just for the occasion. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> to see you by the beach. All right. All Goodbye, right. Alison. Thank Bye. you very much. And that's it. No worries.